0: everything in life is story story is how we share ideas politics vision fantasies experiences even our hopes and dreams the gibson gazette is a podcast show devoted to story those we consume those we tell ourselves and those told to us hello hello folks what's going on it's your girl amc Anne-Marie Collymore here, and I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Mr. L. Michael Gibson. What's up, LMG?
1: Hey, 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 everyone. This is your boy, L. Michael Gibson, LMG, returning for the second season. Yes, sir. Of course, we never really properly ended the first season, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) We're not going to look back, bring up old stuff. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna talk about the new. That's right. That's the new right. format. We heard you loud and clear. Y'all said no, nah, no. Nah, y'all talk well. Y'all talk real good, but y'all talking too long. Talking Righto, too long, sir. So we're 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 we heard you. We are tinkering with the format, trying right, for something closer to forty-five minutes to an hour, and um and and you'll see where this season is our season of nostalgia this is a season focused on gen x nostalgia for those Mm -hmm. of you who were born in the 90s this will be a history lesson from your elders (laughs) 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 enjoy the lesson for those of you who are older than us hey grandpa Like uh no, this is gonna be a season we thought long and hard about specific topics we wanted to one another on and have fun with and kind of bring back memories of for those of you who lived through these eras with us, um, from a unique gen X perspective. Uh yeah. all of the course still fits within our story format, our story framework. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so we have 12 different topics. Over the course of this we'll see how consistent and good we can be about making sure we're up to date every two weeks with the new podcast show. So yes, for sir. the next 24 weeks, you will be joining us for the fun. All right. Kudos. That's dope. Our show, our nostalgia trip. So where do y'all think we going to go today, babe? What do y'all, what y'all <laughs> think we going to talk about? Where do you think we going? So, we have no idea. We had like a little toy, a coin toss to see which side wanted to go first, which which of our 12, because we both got six. We got six apiece. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh and we decided to go with with my first selection. My first selection. Yes, sir. Now those of you of a certain age, late 70s to late 80s, television watchers will note that there was a trend. There was a trend of the type of shows that Black folks produced or were in and weren't producing necessarily. Actually, let me take that back. We're not producing. (laughs) We're not behind the scenes. Maybe, maybe, Maybe in the writer's room, maybe. But white produced shows starring Black people. And there were four biggies that ran throughout my childhood, throughout me and AMC's childhood. Now, I don't know, were these four also in Canada? Uh, AMC, I'm about to list the four. Okay. Benson. hmm. Give me a break. hmm. Webster. hmm. And the one that started it all. Different strokes, yes, sir. Why? I thought you would have had the Jeffersons on there. Okay, yes. No, no the Jeffersons don't really count because this—the topic of this nostalgia trip—is '80s black maids, butlers, and orphans. So, well, folks, Florence, of course, why not? No, but these black folks were divorced from black community. These okay. black folks were trapped <laughs> <laughs> in a white landscape of servitude and yucks. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Okay, I see where this is going. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> Florence would not fit. Now, she would fit in sass. Yes. She would fit in sass because Florence Johnson had a lot of sass. Mm-hmm. But she had Black folks who was giving back to her just because they were getting. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. not true for Robert Guillaume mm-hmm. as the title star of Benson, Neil Carter as the the star of Give Me a Break. Right. Emmanuel Lewis, who who bogarted, bogarted the show <laughs> from <laughs> Alex Harris and Susan Clark. Imagine. Who, who, who pitched the show to be about them as a romantic couple. Mm-hmm. And had the little black child st- still they show. Yep. <laughs> still they show.
0: Gotta love it.
1: And different strokes, which had not one but two black boys mm-hmm. trapped in the sea of whiteness. So the black maids, or uh, butlers, and orphans. Who, what, what, what did these all three all these came on? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we have NBC up here, so we did get Benson, um, Soap. Um, we did get... Give Me a Break was on NBC, too. Wasn't Different Strokes on... I think it was
1: ABC? Uh, Webster was on a- ABC, and then it right. went to vacation for its latter years different strokes was on nbc and on abc okay there we go so So, yeah you gotta be on both
0: right so we had we had those channels up here so yeah definitely i mean though all of those mentioned i have memories of sitting with either my dad or my mom watching it at a certain time so all of them definitely they were part of my childhood
1: now, why do you, why why should we care? Like these shows are not on TV anymore, though they are syndicated somewhere, somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. you can find these four shows. Um, perhaps even on Hulu or Tubi or Roku, you know, um, but these were all hits for those who may not have been around. So uh, give like a quick synopsis of each show, Benson, well, um, originally aired on ABC for seven seasons
2: mm-hmm.
1: from September 13th, 1979. I was all of a wonderful four to April 19th, 1986. So ran a nice long run. Robert Guillaume, who had been a Broadway star prior to this, mm-hmm. actually a good chunk of the show uh, cast were Broadway stars. Renee um, Abizanes, Um, Inga Swenson was like a huge Broadway star in the 50s and 60s. Um, She played uh, Krause. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Hilarity. Yeah, I mean, so like, you know, there was a lot of Broadway royalty in this. And Benson played uh, the head of the household for Governor Eugene Gatlin, played by James Noble. And the show focused on the conflicts and the relationships of the governor's household. Now... You know, and Benson was sarcastic, he was shady. He was kinda, <laughs> yep. you know, he was a throwback to the uh, Hattie McDaniel's sarcasm from "Go with the Wind and mm-hmm, Louise Beavers from Beulah. um you know, interestingly enough, this to your point, you brought it up, Benson was a spin-off of a classic show called "Soap, um which was a a spit a, a spoof of soap operas, and Benson played the wisecracking <laughs> butler for that family, the dysfunctional Tate family. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and Guillaume is a very talented actor, or was a very talented actor. He died actually um, while doing a, follow- a new show called Sports Night that was critically acclaimed, you know, was getting lots of rave reviews. Yeah. He had also um, was the first Black Phantom in Phantom of the Opera in the L.A. run of the show. I did not
0: know called. that.
1: Yes, wow. he played in that. Um, and I knew him from shows like he did an all-black cast of Guys and Dolls, um, and he was in that back in the 70s. So I knew him from like those kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won an, an Emmy. He got an Emmy from his time as the Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series in 85. Um, so, you know, he was rewarded for his Wisecracking Butler. They tried to modernize it I mean because after you know after a certain point in the 80s it was kind of like okay come on y'all for real (laughs) like our biggest black shows of the era are still these kind of throwbacks to the 50s domestics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so inexplicably inexplicably (laughs) Vincent went from the the butler (laughs) to the lieutenant governor of the state (laughs) Because TV, because TV, y'all. Because TV. Yep. Yep. Uh, but hey, they were trying. They were trying to respond to the pushback that you have this brilliant, the, the most brilliant man in the show, right? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the their way of being progressive. The smartest person in all of the episodes was Benson. You know, the one who had all of the answers. Was right. Benson. But he was still, you know. And a place of service to the white folks.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and then we had Gimme a Break, which uh launched in uh October 29th, 1981, mm-hmm. and ended May 12 1987. It ran for six seasons. Nell Carter two a Broadway veteran who had won a yeah. Tony Award for Ain't Misbehaving mm-hmm. for her kick-ass rendition of Mean to Me. Um, that woman had chops, man. I remember when she would open her; mouth, she could sing. Mm-hmm. And um, and, and those of you who are even older may remember her from Hair, the musical Hair, mm-hmm. and she was singing about white boys, <laughs> mm-hmm. white boys. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, Nell was like a little fire plug and with yeah. boom, with talent. Um, unfortunately, she is also no longer with us. Uh, but yeah, the show ran where she was the housekeeper for a widowed police chief played by Dolph Sweet and his three daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the breakout star of the show was Joey.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who played this, this little sweet white boy mm-hmm. uh, that Fidel took care of. So that was her baby. That's the, right. The, black, the, black, the, black ba- the white boy was her baby. Um he went on to the like, title <laughs> and like have albums <laughs> and go on to greater success than Neil Carter.
0: Imagine.
1: Who was the star of the show? Um and then we get to uh, the, the my Kiki, because I still think this is so funny that uh, Alex uh Karas and I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name. Is he like uh, it's Greek, I think it might be Karas. Um and Susan Clark had been pitching around this show about wanting to do a romantic comedy about this couple. They were married in real life. And, um, and, and they were like, finally got some people who were interested and they were like, oh, we think they're funny. We like them. They're a cute couple. We're going to give them a show. And then next thing you know, they were like, what do you think about having little black boy <laughs> just throw the black
0: boy in the mix
2: <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally and i did
0: not know about that premise either until i read
1: about it i was like what the fuck are you kidding me i had no idea like so they had gotten a green light mind you my imagine you've gotten you've you've written a pilot you have a premise for your show in mm-hmm. a green light everything is ready to go and then the people who are financing Say, yeah, by the way, <clears throat> we have noticed this little black child. I forgot what he had been on before. he either a commercial or some kind of something, but he had made a big impression. And this is after Gary Coleman had already demonstrated cute little black boys with Sass. Yeah. His moneymaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh they had invited and um and Unlike um, uh, Gary Coleman, Emmanuel Lewis actually uh, doesn't suffer from a condition. Like so I think some people thought he was Emmanuel Lewis was uh, a little person. Mm-hmm. And he is he is short. I think he's like four eight or four eleven, something like that. He is short, but he actually does not you know, um, you know, because I assume that he suffered from dwarfism. So did I. <laughs> but um, but I'd read that that technically that he doesn't necessarily. So from that, so that, you know, I could have gotten that wrong, but when I was researching for this, um, that was one thing that came up. So initially Hmm. they brought him on the show and they were like, well, we'll let him be on, but we need the emphasis of the show to be about the romantic couple. And they were like, okay, that was kind of the compromise. It was like, you know, and then they got him on the show and the scripts were. Oh, look at this cute little boy! The script was all about the cute little boy, <laughs> and they were like, and so they were going, and and this became really uncomfortable for the whole first season because they like going and complaining to the writers' room. Emmanuel Lewis thought it was about him, you know, reportedly, and you know, felt it was very uncomfortable on the sets. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the show was a, a hit, hit out the gate. <laughs> of course. Hit out the gate. It ran from September um 16th, 1983 to May 8th, 1987, and then got picked up for a first-run syndication from September 21st, 1987 to March 10th, 1989. Wow. So it was, it was, it would have ended in 87, but it was, they were like, no, no, we think it still got some more life.
0: You stretched we're it out.
1: Run it on syndication to Stretch it out.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes,
1: yeah, so um so they 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 finally had to come like to a head after the end of the first season. It was like, we need like that's not what we pitched, y'all. We, mm-hmm. we appreciated the black boy as a success. We, we get it. He's, he's fine, but we need this to be more balanced. So they they did give them a more balanced show after the first season. It was more 50/50, the romantic couple having problems and issues, and the little black boy. And his, mm-hmm. and his personal stuff and so that was the the show um and like i said it was a, a huge if like the first four seasons or so then the ratings kind of started going down but syndication folks was like nah we think we can we can squeeze more <laughs> keep it
2: alive
1: keep some more life out of this this <laughs> tired trope of this white couple and of course in these situations these Black folks would have very tangential relationships with with Blackness. You would get an occasion, like Nell at least had uh, Telma Hopkins from Don. Yes, yes. yeah. Tony Orlando and and the group Don. I'm really showing my music history knowledge here. (laughs) Tony (laughs) Orlando and Don were big hits in the late 60s, early 70s, very Las Vegas, Uh uh, kind of uh, very like fifth dimension Las Vegas-y kind of uh, show. And then... We didn't see Nelma and then we saw Telma doing uh Give Me a Break as yeah. the best friend. Yeah. And the United's babies remember Nelma Hopkins from Half and Half as the mama. Mm-hmm. Or um what was that little the, the girl from the craft. She with the black girl from the craft with the wild hair. Um yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're she talking about. Um,
1: her mama. Not
0: sister, um sister sister. No, not sister sister. No, um, no, no, no,
1: half and half.
0: Half and half, right. Half okay, half yeah, half yeah, half. that's what that one was called, right? Um
1: The one that was kind of like Cree Summers, but but was a little bit... <laughs> yes, I know cool. who you're talking about, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was the hippie and the rich girl,
1: yes. Right, the one whose hair fell out in the craft, or, or, or she was made the white girl's hair fall out in the craft. Yes, I um, remember, I remember. Yeah, uh, <laughs> white girl was racist. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, so we, so she had like Telma, and every once in a while, she might have like a, a black guy show up, Be her little love interest for an episode or two. But for real, for real, Nell was there to service them white folks and their problems and help them solve all their issues. She was she was Beulah. She was Beulah for the 1980s. Um, And then Different Strokes was another orphan story because Webster was an orphan story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Webster's I think parents had died and. They, it, i think maybe the white folks knew the black parents there in, 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 in it was in, a,
0: wasn't he supposed to be like a um uh godparent or something like that
1: yeah I think that might have been what it was
0: yeah and uh, he took them they his conveniently killed
1: off you know now of course you know Webster apparently didn't have no grandmama he had None no, of that. <laughs> he had no
0: so you know that's not a real black world right yeah. <laughs>
2: We what had no cousins at? in them. <laughs>
1: we Come on. Ready made to be a cute accessory for these white folks. Mm. Anyway, uh did different strokes. The granddaddy of them all. Uh, we might know more about this show because of the afterlife of those child stars.
0: Basically, yeah. <laughs> honest to God.
1: Which, wow. unfortunately, all three of the child stars of the show I was going to say did not do well. But it was interesting who did do well? because um, I was looking at a, the guy who played Dudley, who was oh yeah, was the best friend, he ended up being a writer and producer and entrepreneur, <laughs> like he imagine. He went on to do great things. like you know, maybe that's the, the you can't be the star. You got to be like Cousin Oliver. You got to be like a sidekick that comes in, does a few things, and leaves. <laughs> but uh, Different Strokes ran on sitcom from on NBC from November 3rd, 1978 to May 4th, 1985, on ABC from September 27th, 1985 to uh, March 7th, 1986. So, this is a situation where it did well for a while on NBC, and then it, you know, NBC dropped it, and ABC was like, oh, we think we can, we think we can save it, we mm. think we can get some more out of it." Right. Interestingly enough, um, thinking of spinoffs, Charlotte Ray, who played the white white woman housekeeper, up, oh, new fresh white woman housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my facts of life Bre- breaking it up breaking it up yep yep she yep would go on to uh serve as the uh, woman the the, the headmistress of a girl's school for the facts of life um and the facts of life was supposed to be her show mm-hmm. she too was a ser- <laughs> that is true tootie did it all <laughs> that, that was it she too was usurped by all the girls, show and all and the show. girls,
2: yeah, true.
1: And then she just became like a fixture, the 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 voice of reason for the girls, for
2: the girls, the girls.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure Charlotte Ray was very happy because that was a cute check for a really long time. Facts of Life ran for a really long time. It did, yeah. Um, yeah. and it almost got canceled because the first season wasn't good. They had like a totally different cast. I think Tootie was the only girl they kept. I think mm. maybe two from Blair. And then oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the first season of Facts of Life had a, a different cast of girls, and they were like, "Nah, that ain't work." But they, I guess, they believed in the premise enough, mm-hmm. and um, they and it was also a lot more girls. And they were like, "Yo, this budget, you know, <laughs> we can't. We, can't <laughs> we gotta look at this again from know, another perspective." Four girls, four girls for a whole school. Four girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and then Miss Garrett was like uh, she wasn't really like a headmistress she um when they brought Charlotte Ray for that second season I think she was uh running like a shop right and then the girls lived under upstairs from the shop
0: my god I don't remember all of that (laughs) that's so crazy
1: i don't know how you know how they justify that i don't know maybe they're the overage
0: it's called tv magic (laughs)
1: lmg tv magic (laughs) it's right there was no more room i have to look that up there must have been no more room in the school so these four was meant to go live with mrs garrett (laughs) (laughs) and go to school from the shop, <laughs> child. It's like when
0: Drusilla's child is five years old one week, and next week she's going off yeah. to high school. Okay, that's it's TV magic. That's what I gotta look
1: that up because that that is tickling me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, the facts, not the facts, because like, we were talking about different strokes. Different strokes is about two black orphan boys. Once again, limited relationship to anybody black. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm who went off to live with a wealthy white man, Conrad Bain. Um, and and that was, uh, yeah, Todd Bridges and Gary Coleman were the leads. Gary Coleman would go on to be a megastar um, with his, what you talking about with which right. I still use in conversation with black folks of a certain age, because younger black folks don't know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure
1: uh but uh the drummins were the name of the family conrad bain was the name of the actor who played uh the Mm Drummonds.
2: um
1: but it was supposed to be originally his show um because he had apparently been on mod oh and norman lear was involved in helping to put together different strokes even though he wasn't the producer on the show he helped to put that cast together and that story together with the originators of different strokes so you know that was when norman lear uh could do no wrong in the eyes of um tv and tv yeah yeah Yeah, so he was involved but you know they did do some very special episodes they touched things on like racism and illegal drug use and alcoholism and child sexual abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in their very special episodes you know they had um I think that was one of the first shows I saw someone with uh dif- disability that was a, re- a recurring character on the show, who was like a gr- a friend, a, like a-, a Wasn't it friend that was in the wheelchair? Yeah, uh-huh. I think that was the first that. show I'd seen that when I was a kid coming mm-hmm. up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Janet Jackson was on the show mm-hmm. as a b- girlfriend for Ty Bridges.
0: Right, I remember that.
1: For a while. Um, you know, this was after she got burnt up by his penny. <laughs> so we Chip will Phil. never, ever, ever forget yeah. ruining Chip Fields' career for the black community forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because before Justin Timberlake, that that was the person we all. <laughs> but Oh, well, we yeah, are okay. So one. I, I looked up the facts of life. So Edna Garrett, Charlotte Ray was the house mother at first. And then, from the second season onward, she was the dietitian at the fictional Eastland School for Girls. Wow, That's still Canada <laughs> How did oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I don't even remember that. All <laughs> I remember is Mrs. Garrett was there for the
1: girls. That's all I remember. I don't
0: even remember like what well,
1: her- so here, here's one of the reasons why I remember so keenly the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh one, because all of this stuff used to be on reruns um to death when I was a child as well. Yeah. They were running the show, and I was seeing reruns too. Um, Molly Ringwall was one of the original casts for um for the season one. Uh-huh. And the way that they were able to thread it from the different strokes was Dana Plato's character, Kimberly Drummond, had requested Miss Garrett help sew costumes for a student play at Eastman Mid- East Lake School for Girls mm-hmm. that she attended in upstate and the dorm's house mother had recently quit. Miss Garrett agrees to help, puts on a successful play, and solves the problem for a boyfriend obsessed Nancy Olsen as she also meets Blair Tootie, a small-town girl from Kansas, uh, Sue Ann Weaver, and a budding activist, Molly Parker, played by Molly Ringwall. Oh. And then she was asked to stay on, and that was how they justified her coming over. Because, you know, just sewing and taking care of some problems gets you a job when you white. <laughs> <laughs> At elite schools, right? right. Upscale <laughs> upstate New York. Jesus. But it's interesting that one of the people they cut, I mean, we might not have even got Molly Ringwald of the 80s had she that stayed is true. with the show. That is true.
0: Well, you know what they say, everything happens as it's supposed to, right? So mm-hmm. there and
2: you so go. so we
1: got Nancy McKinnon
0: mm-hmm.
1: came in the second season as the student originally from the Bronx. She's probably the only one that's between her and Kim Fields, they neck and neck for keeping a career. Uh, because both of them stay Nancy McKeon stayed doing a TV movie for lifetime. <laughs> <She> was... Right. <laughs> when in doubt. Yeah. And uh, you know, and obviously Kim Fields has gone on to be in everything from living single to the real housewives of Atlanta. Real
0: housewives, yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so, but um, but yeah, I digress. We were talking about the orphan black folks stra- stranded in White Landia. Um, with wealthy and middle-class white folks (laughs) solving all of their problems for them because this is what race relations was giving in the 80s yeah right so what are are your thoughts how did you feel about these shows as a kid
0: it's funny because when you like the perspective that you have as a kid is way different than you have as an adult when you're looking back at these shows now you're like wow so that's that was the reality Back then when I was watching that, that wasn't even in context. I just wanted to sit down, watch a show with my daddy, and that's it. It had jokes. A lot of the jokes went over my head because they were adult jokes, and that was that, right? So, yeah, like I said, looking back at them now, you're like, what? what? And... As we were talking about um, like the 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 maid roles, it makes me think of um, you know the the whole uh, maid and domestic scheme of how you know Windrush and all of these things pop into my mind uh, with transitioning um, you know Caribbean or Black people into and I'm using air quotes as usual into the country into white countries, into society, into, you know. So it's it's interesting to 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 see how things parlayed then when you were a kid, and then you're looking at it now, and you're like, I, I don't even know if I would enjoy it the same way because I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective. Maybe, I mean, of course, the jokes are jokes, man. It is what it is. But just thinking of all of the the, the stuff behind it and um, how layered it it all is, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So back then, I couldn't even tell you how I felt about it, really and truly. It was just a show. I was watching it, and it was a lot of fun. But now makes you think. It definitely makes you think. And we covered I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we touched upon like certain things as we were we were discussing it. Like when you're we are watching it, then you're not thinking uh, white family being the savior. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking that at all. And looking at it as you get older and you start understanding different things, that's when you kind of look at it from the perspective of is this what we're doing? We have to be saved why do we have to be saved? Why does it have to be in this context? Why is it that that's the only reason or the the only um, platform that could have been used in order to get a show? How is that the theme? How is, you know, you
1: start asking yourself questions
0: and start uh, digging a little deeper. So
1: yeah, I think, you know, I, I was about to rebut about the savior aspect of it, but then I had to think about like Emmanuel like Webster and Different Strokes was absolutely about these kind of black, wow, street kids being civilized by these white folks, mm-hmm. by these wealthier white folks, you know, who could sit down and teach them morals and values and you know why what they did was wrong in the episode. Um and so, yeah, I mean, in that dynamic, there is kind of a more very explicit white power. Right. Uh, you know uh, at play whereas with the maid and butler shows you were never under any doubt that the smartest people in the room were benson and you know nell carter i actually don't even remember what nell carter's name but let me look it up what was what was nell carter
0: um and give me a break nell harper
1: no oh so it was just nell that's why that's mm-hmm. why I still is <laughs> yeah because that yeah she used her first name mm-hmm. she was still just Nail, right um yeah. so yeah like they, they were obviously the smartest people in the room they were the moral compasses of the show right The white kids were the ones that were wild and doing crazy stuff and the husband or, or the the police chief was you know needed to be set down and taught about how to be a better parent so I mean, I guess that was the progressiveness of it, right? I was supposed to be like progress. I mean, thank God at the same time, to your earlier point at the start of the show, mm-hmm. we had the Jeffersons was running at the same time as of these other images were happening. And then towards the end of these images, the end of these kind of tired tropes, uh, we get the Cosby show right as the Jefferson is, is, is ending. Right. right? So the, the Jeffersons ended in '85. The Cosby Show debuted in '84, right? <laughs> and spent five consecutive, se- you know, seasons as the number one rated show on TV. But you know what doesn't get highlighted enough about the Jeffersons, <clears throat> the Jeffersons ran for 11 seasons. Damn. Jeffersons ran from the day of my birth. January 18th, 1975, those of you who are uh, craft kids and ID theft people, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you won't know what the L stands for, mind your business. <laughs> uh, yeah. January 18th, 1975 to July 2nd, I mean, 1975 to July 2nd, 1985, mm-hmm. Last 11 seasons and a total of 200 and 53 episodes. That's crazy. It is the second longest running series, but with a primarily African American cast mm-hmm. by episode count, and the first to prominently feature a married and a racial couple. But mm. The Jeffersons is one of the longest running sitcoms in history, which makes me think now I need to know. What was number one? Then I knew <laughs> of the, uh, in history, yeah, right? What is number one? You um, know what? It's probably Family
0: Matters. Yeah. And as you were talking about Thelma, I meant to bring up Family Matters, too. You don't oh, forget was, family matters as well you know mm-hmm, I
1: didn't yeah that. yeah yeah yeah.
0: she was um
1: she was a was um, spin-off they they loved the spin-off back in the day boy everything was a spin-off <laughs> if you think
0: we regurgitate stuff now well at least no it, it wasn't regurgitation because it was a spin-off that's totally right. different so family yeah matters
1: was a spin-off of perfect strangers um, and, and she thought the show was going to be about her. Everybody thinks the show is going to be about the attack. <laughs> Needed a quick reality check. Quick. Uh-uh. Yep. Just like Esther Rowe thought Good Times was going to be about her. And she had to demand for a husband because people didn't want to give her a husband. They didn't want to hmm. give her James. And then when they then they eventually killed off James, so he mad that they gave him James, gave James for a little while.
0: That is but true. They thought
1: yeah. that the show was gonna be about them as a family. She was supposed to be the star, mm. and JJ, his cool self, he
0: up and ran with that.
1: Up and ran. So apparently, no family matters came behind it. Oh, you! Oh, you know what? What I number am one? Angry about number one. Oh, am-
2: what is it? What is it? Share, share. What is it? <laughs>
1: Oh, I am heated at number Why? one. Why?
0: Give me a clue. Let me see if I can guess. Give me a this clue.
1: Somebody, y'all, people, y'all. We was just talking about him. You know, I don't like his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't like
0: Don't stuff. tell me Tyler Perry. Please don't tell me one of Tyler Perry's um shows. Shut up.
1: <laughs> Tyler Perry's House Stop. of Pain is the, the number f- one. Be- not because of years because it wasn't on as many years as these shows no episode count over 280 episodes that's motherfucking cheating <laughs> <laughs> i don't care
0: that's cheating you just got on the air not too long ago are you me you, are, you
1: are first in front of the jeffersons are you kidding me Ooh. Yeah, no. So, uh, because I got to look it up now, because it beat out the Jeffersons and Family Matters and the Cosby Show. So, Jeffersons was 253, Family Matters was 215, Cosby Show was 202, but we got 312. Mm. 312, it will never be beat. Ain't nobody, <laughs> it no, will never be no. beat. nobody it's a good thing we're not talking about people. content. We're only talking numbers here. Mm-mm. Yeah, it will never be beat. Nobody's, no. it's like uh, Thriller now. Nobody will ever see the numbers in album sales of Thriller ever again in life. No. And nobody will ever see <laughs> 300 episodes of a TV show no. No. that's not a soap opera, right? Like, right, right. It's not wow. the stories nope, nope nope so it ran f- and from oh i guess it's still running
0: <laughs> i thought it was wow and i thought it would they were uh, i thought it was syndicated at this point that show was so bad it's, i watched one episode and i don't know why i did that to myself
1: to this day it's not it's not it, it. Is, so it started in 2006 and it's still running in 2022. Ugh. The 11th oh, season premiered March 23rd, Mm-mm. 2022.
0: Y'all can keep that. On <laughs> um,
1: BET, BET picked it yes. up, Yes, what happened. So it did die. TBS's run ended in um, 2012. Mm-hmm. In that season alone, it's, it's final season for TBS, it did 62 episodes. Like and it's like no rhyme and reason. If you look at the episode count, <laughs> like mm, mm, it's ten mm. episodes for the first for the pilot season, thirty-seven episodes for season one, which is different from the pilot season for some reason. Or I guess because it was syndication. Okay, it was syndication first, then it got picked up by TBS for thirty-seven episodes for the first season, twenty-two for the second, sixteen for the third, twenty-five for the fourth, twenty-six for the fifth. Forty-six for the sixth, down to twenty for the seventh, mm. uh, sixty-two for the eighth, uh, twenty-fifth for the ninth, and twenty-two for the tenth. So, if BT picked it up in twenty twenty-one, and that's why it's back.
0: Uh thanks, BT. Thanks, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks so but, much. You know, black people getting checks. Black people getting checked. Anyway, so we're we're gonna wrap this up because we have now progress into other shows that we might want to talk about in a future episode mm-hmm. of The Delta. So um, any closing thoughts about our maids, orphans and um, butlers?
0: I'm extremely vexated with um, Tyler Perry right now, so I'm, I'm <laughs> taking a moment. I am taking a legit moment because these shows that we spoke about even though they give us this you know different as I said thought perspective they were still dope shows that are a huge chunk of my childhood and we sat down and we watched these episodes every week anticipating the storylines every week and I loved them then I really did they like I said we sat down, we did what we did that when those shows came on, we made sure we didn't miss them, and now you're telling me, Tyler Perry is in front of the Jefferson, <laughs> and I'm supposed to just swallow that. It's like a jagged little pill right now, so I'm just having
1: a moment, y'all, but I hope you got
0: you know like i do, mm, 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 mm.
1: i mean i i I feel you hundred percent about the you know house of pain versus the jeffersons and the cosby show and the family matters of it all i will say i don't think that the shows that we've chosen a spotlight hold on like it's it's potentially like maybe benson and if it, benson does it's only because of the brilliance
0: robert, of Gilles. robert
1: Gilles. yes that was hilarious
0: a hundred percent
1: he was so shady and he would let them white folks have it. <laughs> like oh that. my god. Because, he because he was girl. what
0: um Jeffrey is to uh Fresh Prince. That's yes. you know that that snark and and honesty. That that was him. That that was that was it. And, and because
1: the white cast members were such so inept and incompetent. Yeah. So competent. <laughs> That I, I think that one could hold up today as almost like a satire. Yes, um, yes. I'd agree. I, whereas I don't, you know, Nell was, you know, sassy because you had to be black and, you know, you had to be sassy. She mm-hmm. was black, a big black woman on TV in the 80s. Yes. But I don't, I don't necessarily remember her being that like snap, crackle, pop with the shade Um, in that same way that Vincent uh, no, no. was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and Webster and Different Strokes, I just, I think those shows would just completely fall apart in front of a contemporary audience. I don't see how, I mean, you know, they're small tea, they're very Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, Mm -hmm. The Black Mm -hmm. Kids, you know, there's, you know, Very Wholesome, The Waltons, kind of wholesome, and Eight is Enough, kind of wholesome. Yeah. I don't know that we buy that kind of wholesome anymore, (laughs) Um, you know. Maybe on like seven, you know, even and even now, like the seventh heaven years, we now oh, know wow. that Daddy Dead was doing things. <laughs> you said
0: seventh heaven. I wow, wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, because like I'm trying to think when last time we invested in wholesome, you know, outside of the Hallmark channel. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know that those shows would hold up today. I I do think. You know, as Black folks in the 80s, we were very like Black folks in the 60s. We were just happy to see Black folks on TV, mm-hmm. Any way to get them. I'm sure cultural critics of the day who were grown, because I was a kid when these shows ran. I was like yes. in elementary and middle school, mm-hmm,
0: going to my
1: first year of high school when these shows ran. Right. So, you know, I was obviously, you know, in comparison to the 70s shows, which were much more urban comedies, Set in urban environments, set in all Black environments, like That's My Mama, like What's Happening, like Sanford and Son, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, those sometimes they would, you know, like I think Mabel King was a domestic and What's Happening, and, and, and That's My Mama, I think she might have been also, <laughs> but um, they were firmly rooted in much more of a Black environment. And I think we might could enjoy those more today. Than these shows from the 80s, but I'm glad they happened. You know, yes. people got paid, yes. people were successes. You know, Michael Jackson was carting around Emanuel Lewis, which was mm-hmm. weird, but you know that happened. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a whole other podcast, y'all. You
1: know, they sold Gary Coleman and Topher just sold tons of tabloids for <laughs> National Enquirer for the next for real. twenty years. For real. Dana Plato as well. Mm-hmm. They also sold lots of tabloid stories so yep, yep, you know they yep. did a thing um, anyway so that's our nostalgia trip for this week uh, We uh, wh- what's what's our next week you know when you give us a sneak peek since yours is next for um... yeah, I'm, you, know, I'm, you know
0: okay you know what let's do next week we'll do 90s soundtracks
2: yes
0: we're gonna get into some of these soundtracks so Stay tuned for that. That's, that's going to be dope because I saw, I think it was a meme that I saw going around and they were talking about one soundtrack has to go. And I was like, yo mama. So I need to sit down and, and get this out of my system. This is what I need to do because there's nothing like a 90s soundtrack. I'm sorry. I said what I said.
1: <laughs> uh, we're uh, Thank you for checking in with Gibson Gazette. Uh, keep us in mind and tell us the stories that are uh, enrapturing you that you want us to talk about. What nostalgia might you want us to touch on this season? Yeah. We have our nostalgia way, and while this show probably won't make forty-five minutes to sixty minutes when we <laughs> edit it, it will it will still be shorter than what we used to do. Indeed,
0: so. <laughs> indeed, we'll get there. We promise we'll get there. All
1: right. Thanks, everyone. Good night.
0: Have a good one.